Hey everyone, this is Rags. And this is Kirk. Welcome to the current podcast. This episode, we're going to talk uh, quite a bit about augmented reality. We figured now that ARKit was announced, and we talked about it a little bit in our previous episode, but it's been in developer hands, and they're doing some crazy stuff with it. Uh, real quick, from a social media perspective, Kirk? Yeah, you can catch us on Twitter at CVRNT, also on our Instagram and Facebook at CVRNT Podcast. You can always catch us at CVRNT.com. And we also just set up a Patreon account. But, you know, if you like the episode, uh, regardless, or the episodes, regardless, we'd love your support. You can check us out on Patreon at CVRNT, and you can always find a link on our website. All right. So we, we did talk about AR a little bit in episode 8 and 10. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, I guess in a way it's a little bit of a continuation, but more like there's just been this kind of augmented reality explosion, if you will, <laughs> the last few <laughs> weeks. So I think it's uh, it'll be fun to talk about. But real quick, should we cover the little bit of fun VR news that uh, came out last week? Yeah, so uh, last week, Facebook basically announced uh, that they are going to be dropping a $200 standalone VR headset. I think the name was Project Pacific. Google also just announced that they were going to do a standalone headset and I think start partnering with a couple companies, and including uh, HTC. But uh, here comes Facebook. They have their own headset. Uh, they want to make it as easy as just kind of pulling out the headset and like watching a movie on a flight or without requiring a computer or a cell phone to um, attach to. So basically another device that you might go out and purchase. Doesn't it seem a little bit like of late, a lot of Facebook's announcements have kind of been uh, a me too kind of deal. Like they, you know, with when Snap came out with like Snap filters and like when right when they were going IPO, Facebook was like, "Oh, look, we we have this too," uh, and we'll, we'll talk about Facebook's uh, augmented reality stuff a little bit later in the episode. Uh, but they seem to have done the same thing with a couple other things now, and this is the latest version of "Hey, us too." And at a time when Vive has publicly been saying we're not really going to drop the price of the headset, we're going to obviously make new headsets and we're partnering with Google and such, but our Vive headset is fine as is. Oculus is kind of been going back and forth a little bit. First, they laid off a whole bunch of people like we talked about. And then now they are saying, no, no, we actually are going to try and make this smaller headset. And this kind of seems, feels at least more like a little bit better daydream uh, kind of. And you would you would you think that that's, that seems to be the case or... I mean, am I just getting like an off read on this or it, it, because right now it's like, Hey, you know, there's this headset we're going to put out and it's going to be like 200 bucks and it's going to be like, you could pull it on a flight and it's going to be super comfortable and you can watch movies, but we don't really know much else about this thing. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're engineering it for the specific use cases, they said for entertainment, social, like media type experiences, um, maybe you can like tune the hardware just to be a little bit more optimal than like the daydream experience which also is a phone primarily and your regular you know screen that you would use on your phone where here you know there would be no lens outside of looking through the the lenses on the headset so I, I don't know I mean I guess you know it's again, again a question of will people want this in addition to their cell phone and maybe a full room scale VR headset I guess maybe, or it's a great entry point. 
I mean, we'll we'll have to see for sure. Yeah, we 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 just wanted to kind of bring that up because it it came up and you know the price was kind of audacious <laughs> uh, to say that we're gonna have a standalone headset for two hundred bucks. That's you know that's uh they're 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 just saying hey don't forget us we're still in the game kind of deal, yep. but um but that'll be that'll be the little bit that we bring up about VR in this episode. Uh, so let's 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 dive in. Let's go uh, full into augmented reality. Let's kind of try and define what augmented reality is. We pulled up the Wikipedia definition for this, and what it basically says: it's augmented reality essentially is a it's a live, uh, direct or indirect view, quoting from the article, of a physical real world environment whose elements are augmented by computer-generated sensory input, such as sound, video, graphics, or GPS data. Essentially, overlay of a bunch of data on top of reality, right? Augmented reality, it's a simple. uh, But what it also includes is enhancement of said things, right? So it's not just pop-ups and notifications and such within your experience. What augmented reality also entails is virtual monitors, for example, or virtual uh, window frames or virtual, uh, actually, picture frames that you could see on the walls if you just go into a space and then put these AR glasses or some either on your phone or whatever it is, and you look around, essentially an augmented view of things that are not there in the real world that are just overlaid on top that you can interact with. That's kind of a high-level definition of what augmented reality is, as opposed to virtual reality, which is completely, you know, fully immersive, and you, you kind of can't see the real world. Everything is, it's a complete virtual world. So that's that's kind of like a simple definition of uh, AR. There's a few kind of topics that we wanted to cover today uh, with AR, a few different companies. So I, I think that's a good breakdown uh, to level set us. And I guess the first project, I don't know if it's much of a company yet, is AR.js. So it's kind of augmented reality.javascript. And it's really a library that will allow uh, people to make AR experiences that might run fully within a browser. So this project is really interesting uh, from my perspective because it's going to enable possibly a lot of web developers to just pick up and start adding AR experiences to their web applications. So rather than having to necessarily like down, download an app on a phone, you might be able to just, you know, while looking at, I don't know, like a Maps app um, in a website, and then with that, you could like point it up at a restaurant and then possibly have like an augmented reality experience. So it's kind of neat. But I think, you know, the key thing here is there's a lot of developers in the world that obviously understand HTML, JavaScript, and CSS, some of the coding languages for, you know, that runs the web. And in theory, you know, it's a new library you can just attach and, and really get started pretty quick. So there's a link to their, a GitHub and shows a bunch of examples of what people are doing. Um, it's maybe not as advanced, advanced as the other um, projects we're going to talk about, but it's just getting started, and I, you know, I, I hope it um, continues. Yeah, I think the nice thing about ARJS is that, like you were saying, it's kind of platform independent, and in that as long as your your phone, there's a there's a set of parameters they have on the actual uh, README page for the GitHub repo. But essentially, most phones, uh, I think the guy demos it with like a two-year-old phone or whatever, but and it works fine. So most phones that are out there right now, you can just pull up a web page and then immediately have this AR thing. And I think that's uh, anything that allows a larger portion of people that had to put these experiences out there that's kind of platform independent or device independent, I think that's that's going to definitely help the you know the whole movement gain steam. 
So well, yeah, and I think on that point is the more competition, I think the more it can evolve the whole whole eco- ecosystem is what you're trying to say. Because yeah. um, you know the other big four that we were going to talk about: Facebook, Microsoft, Google, Apple. You know, they might get stagnant to some extent just working on, you know, who their competitors, um, what they're doing. But like these smaller um, initiatives like ARJS, it might help push and come up with some other ideas that they're not even like considering because, you know, their like view of the world's different, you know, one billion people to maybe a smaller pool. And I don't know, it'd just be exciting to see how they can all kind of help push each other. Yeah, that, that's it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, the other uh, smaller I guess smaller scale <laughs> company, if you will, uh, that uh, we kind of wanted to bring up was a company called Meta. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not really that small scale. They, I think they their last round of funding, they, uh, they raised like $50 million or something. So mm-hmm. they essentially, Meta, uh, they make uh, AR headset. Uh, they, uh, it's similar to the HoloLens, if you can think about it, uh, in, in the way you, you, know, you put it on and it's kind of, some form factor, some portion of it kind of reminds you of that, except if if you've seen the HoloLens, the, the Meta headset actually has a bigger, kind of slightly wider screen up front. Think of them as like really big aviator glasses, right? <laughs> These really big AR aviator glasses that are on your face. Uh, but the one thing with uh, Meta as of now, uh, with the Meta 2 as well, I think that they had at South by Southwest, is that it's tethered. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's tethered to a computer. This is a fun project. The CEO, one of his main goals is to make this kind of an enterprise-level headset that will help companies replace uh, workspaces like cubicles and just desktops with a bunch of monitors and such. They're working right now on an operating system uh, specifically for their glasses, and it seems to be doing well uh, from the reports we've read and uh, videos we've watched about it. It seems to be pretty comfortable, and uh, it's got a better field of view than the HoloLens. The one thing I'd add is like maybe what currently differentiates them from the HoloLens is that you said it's tethered. Their current version is tethered, and you know the goal is maybe replacing your workstation or your computer at your desk because this thing's going to be super powered, and well, at least the monitor, right? You might not need that. And I think the CEO had said, like, he thought in, like, two to five years, nobody would have, de- you know, desktop monitors on their desk. Um, because, you know, with this augmented reality headset, it can open up 10-foot-wide, you know, whiteboards and everything, and you can work collaboratively with your coworkers. Where, like, the HoloLens seems like it's meant a little bit, right now, the version is meant to be on the go, more mobile that you can like walk around in. You know, so the power of just sitting in a chair tethered to a powered, high-powered machine, you can kind of unlock maybe some higher-powered uh, processing. Yeah, and I I think it's uh, it's it's nice because you know one of the things in VR, if you think about some of the VR applications that are you know for uh, collaborative work uh, environment, those kinds of things are really great when you have. Uh, people who are uh, just complete, who are in completely different places, completely different, you know, continents even, and or different states, and you you want to have these kind of people come together in this one common location and work on this stuff. Whereas AR uh, is going to be super powerful if you're working with a team of people and all of you have this headset on and you're working with models or designs and you're trying to like move things around and do stuff in like a co-located space. I think it it's going to make it a lot more collaborative where you don't really need, if you're all in kind of like the same office 
building or in the same set, same group or maybe in the same room and you want to like play with these elements and do the stuff you don't have to uh, sacrifice being on a headset on a fully uh, virtualized environment you could you could just have your regular environment or meeting room and you can just put this on and you can work with each other on stuff so i i think the uh, it, it's going to be if if it works out the way they want it to work out by the way the pre-order i think right now is open and it's about $950 for the headset. And like we said earlier, it's like an enterprise level thing. So what they're actually gonna do is they're gonna have their own app store and stuff for this headset. And and I, you know, it's it's gonna be, I'll be curious to see how that plays out. And uh, one of the things that the, you know, uh, that they, the company stresses is that uh, this is different from something like a Google Glass. Presumably because a Google Glass was, I think at least in this initial version, it was meant to be a a little bit more like, you know, uh, just some pop-ups or you know, hey, I, I got this notification or you see a few things. Like I, I, I don't know that it was supposed to be a replacement for desktop. Like it was, I don't think it was as powerful uh, as this headset is uh, mm-hmm. or headsets being built to be. Yeah. So I guess speaking of Google Glass, there was some news that. Glasses possibly returning after a two-year hiatus. Some of you might remember in the news a couple of years ago, there was Google had created this eyewear that they called Google Glass, and it had kind of a little lens that floated above one of your eyes, and a user could kind of look up into that little like um, prism, I believe, and and see some like pop-ups and notifications, and like and Google had this theory of you could you know live your life like seeing kind of these updates, but without having to pull out a phone, it could just be like in your peripheral vision. Then came along uh, a saying that some people might be familiar with called Google, uh, like glass holes. And like the concept was like society was just like shocked. You know, I mean, hey, you know, this is what's funny is that like nobody really talks about this. And and when this new AR revolution is happening again, like it's only been two years. It's as if Google Glass never existed. But like society was basically freaking out because all these people were walking around that have a camera just attached to the glasses that they can see outward. And, you know, some people are like, they call them glass holes because it's like there's still this uncertainty on what the social norms are going to be when I am wearing this camera and I'm just walking around and, like, you know, talking to you and I'm always recording. Or, you know, like, what what is that person doing basically with the glasses? And, like, maybe it's more than recording. Maybe they're just, like, streaming this to the, you know, government or the police or something i don't know everybody's whatever fears they might have about what well, you know. i mean do you, do you think that that was a case where most people felt that way a couple of years ago whereas now because of things like snapchat because well, i mean that's what's crazy just, right i guess the whole point is like two years society's changed that much you know it's like this concept of like if we're just talking you and me face to face but then it's like now have somebody pull up a, cam- a camera and start filming us. Like, you know, our personalities change or uh, our social norms change. And then it's like within two years, people denounced the whole glass project, said, you know, consumers don't want it. And then, of course, Snapchat comes along and then, like, they've put out eyewear that, you know. Uh, I think there are, there are a couple of key differences here, right? One is Google decided to go consumer route with that, whereas the new uh, Glass Reboot is mm-hmm. solely for enterprises. So the the way they're positioning their new Google Glass is an enterprise-level uh, glass thing. Yeah. So it's not meant to be on a consumer basis. Number two, even with the Snap Spectacles or whatever it is, mm-hmm. 
I think what they were really smart with doing is they made it kind of look like just regular shades, but I mean, well, you can and tell. And a toy. Right? Like when, and they also a, said, this is correct. a toy. It's not as advanced as maybe the Google Glass correct. originally so, was. Yeah. So I think they were like, oh, this is, if you wear this, the only thing you can do is you could like kind of snap pictures and record. And so they kind of, I think, learned. I think what happened was Google Glass was a learning experience for the industry as a mm-hmm, whole mm-hmm. as to what are the things that consumers would balk at? What are the things they would be okay with? Would they be all right with something like this, with this kind of form factor or someone where, I think because you looked at the glass and it was kind of robocopy slash like terminatory, you know, like you have this, like these glasses and there's this little thing and there's like a little flashing red light on the side. And, and I think that just threw people off because it seemed like too far, like, advanced in what it could do potentially whereas now i think if you take if you look at meta for example there's no mistaking what the meta headset is well, and it's huge I know, I, and it's a you can't I guess I would, like you know you can't really tell. yeah but I, i'd bring up the same thing is like those things those headsets the meta and the microsoft hololens are definitely robocopy but like you said that just is obvious and it probably fits well in the environment like you said the industry learned and like enterprise level there's there's space for all of this I just think it's pretty. It's interesting that no one talks about glass much, but I do think the great thing was that they kind of broke the ice, got everyone having the conversation about how our lives will look with these devices always on and you know on our bodies and walking around. Um, and I guess like some scenarios, you know, it, it, it's best to just kind of put it out there, see the response, learn from it. And I think it just opened up the door for all these companies to step in now, two years later, because of Google's mistakes. Like, oddly enough, like, you know, they, I don't know if Google initially thought it was a failure, but like looking back now, it might have been like the best thing for the industry. I think this time, though, it's going to be a little different, at least with the glass, because I, you, we can't understate the, emergence of AI um, and things like Google Lens, which they announced, which was, you know, basically like the image recognition software, you know, you point the thing at a flower, it says, hey, this is a flower, or, you know, this, is this particular kind of flower pointed at something else, or pointing at a dollar bill, it knows the monetary value, things like that. So they're using, you know, they're trying to integrate machine learning and AI, and if they pull that into the glass now, now you're talking about a different device altogether, right? Something that really enhances your stuff. For example, you're on a factory floor, you have your enterprise Google Glass thing, and you look at a manual, and all you really need is like the front sheet of a manual in order for someone to pick, you know, be able to pull it up in this augmented reality view in front of their eyes and into a particular page or something. Maybe because of AI and because of machine learning, um, a company can basically scan and push all these manuals in and then it knows, it learns what what's on what page, what are the things, like you, maybe you're on a factory floor trying to solve a certain problem, and then, you know, you just look at the manual for a reference, a quick kind of search lookup saying, this is the manual I want to look at, and then it just pulls up relevant stuff based on what you're looking at, based on any of the figures that are actually on the pages or things like that. So that kind of stuff, I think, becomes super possible now. I think for our listeners who are maybe, like, chomping at the bit for more examples of what AR can be like that's a great example like I just got a Google home it came in the mail yesterday and I have this you know uh, I have this manual that has three pages in it It kind of tells you the touch interfaces on on the top of the Google home but if I had like Google lens or sorry Google glass on or a meta or hololens like in theory I could just look down at the object itself like you're saying this factory worker or even me at the house 
um, you know, it's like I look down and I just see the base and there could be these like floating elements telling me touch this, spin that. I can see it while doing it and it might reinforce that learning, which it might be a neat way to like, you know, interact with the first, you know, with products for the first time. It's going to be phenomenal because think of, a, uh, if nothing else, think of the economic savings just in not printing on paper and then having to yep. mail all that paper out to places and then having to have people go and search for instructions online or somewhere else. Or they're saying, go to this website mm-hmm. and look for stuff there, look for the electronic document there. Um, you know, it, it, let's say this uh, meta works out and it's it's big and it, it's successful. You can, can you imagine going into an office and not having to deal with the power consumption of all those monitors and then having to replace those monitors, buying new ones, updating those? I mean, you're talking about a phenomenal shift in in just electronics and the amount of power and energy we'll need to use to actually do our jobs. And I think on a on a large level for the world, you know, as a whole, it's going to be it's going to be great. Uh, I think it's going to really help out quite a bit. Okay, so let's see. That's a lot about glass uh, and Google Lens technology that's coming out. Um, one thing I did want to mention though is like. You know, all these companies are kind of talking about what's new with augmented reality or the new products they have. Uh, but at the same time, we, we did mention Snapchat. I mean, Snapchat, I feel like, opened up the door with their augmented reality, uh, like, face masks. Like, a lot of you have probably seen on the Internet, like, people look like puppies, and every time like, they open their mouth, like, a little tongue plops out or whatever. But uh, it wasn't too long ago, like, literally a couple months ago, um, Snapchat launched what they called World Lens, which basically allows you to flip the camera on your phone to look outward. So normally you have like the front-facing camera that does the facial like augmented reality. But World Lens is like if you point to the opposite camera that looks away from you, um, it actually does augmented reality like world tracking. So basically you can like set objects in in a scene and you can move the phone around. Like imagine you have a table and you could like, set a little character on the table and then you could like walk around in a circle and film that and then upload it on Snapchat. I mean, this is like some of the technology that we'll talk about that AR kit enables, but Snapchat launched it like two months ago. The only difference is there's no API. It's not in developers' hands. Is it closed? I thought you said at one point that it was closed. Was it closed or is it, do they just not have a... I'm not even sure if they have an a- API. Like I kind of asked that on Twitter and didn't get a response from anybody, which makes me assume that they don't. Um, you should have asked Snapchat. I did, but oh yeah. Oh, you did? And you still got nothing, huh? Yeah, I mean, Snapchat has like liked or replied to certain things in the past, but you know, maybe that's just not the area they're trying to compete in. Or maybe they're gearing up for an announcement or something. I don't know. I can't wait. But I mean, like, where are they at? That's basically, you know, let's see, see them show up. But now that we're talking about Snapchat, we should talk about, like we mentioned earlier, Facebook's competing uh, Facebook camera thing announcement that they rolled out. You know, it's funny, though. I was just looking at our notes here. It's like, look at the themes. Google has Google Lens. Facebook has Facebook Camera, they're calling it. And then Snapchat feature we talked about was world lens uh, i think it's just kind of interesting like everybody's like trying to get a hold of that camera right and and really evolve the camera from just regular photos and videos on your phone i read recently about this where one of the glass related platforms one of the things that they're eventually trying to do is they're trying to pull out uh get it to a form factor eventually where you can just uh, snap off the 
AR portion of it and then slap it onto prescription glasses and stuff. So if, if you can actually allow people to use it with glasses, I mean, that's going to be huge. And in fact, on a if in a from a safety perspective, if you're out in there and uh, using this on a factory floor, for example, you can get like the best safety lenses that you have, like you need, and then put this AR thing on top of it, and then now you're you're actually protected. You don't have to worry about the company producing uh, the technology to give you a good physical safety mechanism for your eyes. You know, so you can just put this thing on and it, you know, don't have to worry about it. So I think that's going to be cool. But uh, coming back to Facebook camera, yeah. so so. Back to Facebook. Yeah, so back to Facebook camera. Um, I guess their announcement, they kind of have two products that they're talking about right now. One's called Frame Studio, and then the other one's AR Studio. So Frame Studio is going to be kind of like what you've probably seen before with people's Facebook profiles where, like, let's say something in the world happens and people wanted to show support for something. So, like, there was, um, I think, the bombings in, in France, right? And then a bunch of people up overlaid their photos with like the France, the French flag. And, uh, so they're kind of opening up this, uh, ability for any artist. So they I think they're kind of targeting like artists. So to go in and just mock up these overlays that can show up over your camera or just even over your profile photo. So it can be like a static thing or a filter that you basically can have over your camera or video. And basically the barrier to entry is really low. It's a tool that pretty much anybody can add without any programming. What's augmented about it other than just slapping a filter on? I mean, that's basically like Snapchat world. Like what what is... What is innovative about the Facebook camera? So I think what's innovative there is that it seems like they're basically open up their toolkit that maybe is used for advertisers right now or internally to create this feature for users, but anyone can pretty much uh, have access to it. So I guess, you know, brands might be able to use it. I, I, I'm looking right now, it says they don't allow logos or trademarks. Plus you can use it in live video. So maybe there's a brand that it's not a trademark or a logo, but I don't know, maybe you can just always have like that as an overlay for part of your live video streaming. Um, but I think that the advanced uh, part is going to be their AR studio, which is really targeted towards developers. And then that is what's going to allow people to, I guess, like create um, animated frames and masks and basically create the uh, interactive effects so that maybe they can create their own like face masks or, um, experiences where you can walk around a table and you know see like dinosaurs running across the table or something. And but will you be able to interact with those uh, with those elements, or is it more like uh, basically? I guess my question is: Is it just a you know here's some stuff that's on top? Like I know you talked about like walking around the table, and I, and you know we've we've said that a couple times so far in in that paradigm of like walking around the mm-hmm. table and looking at this thing and and i think that's it's important to understand that as far as augmented reality goes you really are looking for that you know three dimensional experience where you're looking at this object or this thing or whatever it is in front of you and that's actually an object in 3d space that's that's been ported over to where you are so the uh, the idea, for example, is if you have a avatar of this robot or something, then if you, let's say this thing was written out, so you saw it and it was there and it's like waved to you, and then you start walking around it, this may be a little creepy, <laughs> but like maybe maybe the ability for the robot to move its head around or like keep looking at you and say, hey, where are you going or something, and like look at where you are. And you see what I'm saying? Like knowing where you are and having the element 
interact with you depending on the angle you're at or what you're doing to watch this thing. Um, and I think that's that's an important kind of distinction to make because, uh, for example, if you go back to what Snapchat has been doing for a while, which is allowing you to add stickers, allowing you to add like these little animations and things like that. And if you could do that with Facebook camera, like this AR studio thing, I guess the idea would be to emulate something similar to, you know, what we were talking about earlier uh, with AR mm-hmm. kit. So it, it does it does say that it allows you to interact with the real world. Um, but I think the key thing is like also allowing for live broadcast and using this new AR studio combined. To me, that seems like something that I don't believe is available on Snapchat, right? Usually you're recording something and then uploading it later um, where, you know, live broadcasts on Facebook, I think is getting big. Like I just keep hearing more people like, you know, selling their goods on there and, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see how it plays out. Before we go into ARKit, uh, let's let's chat about uh, Microsoft. I know Microsoft, after the HoloLens, and for a while, it's been a little quiet, you know, because it's been doing its AI stuff. It's been doing some other stuff on the side, and, you know, it, it's kind of been a little silent. But one of the uh, cool uh, new things that came out of Microsoft is they basically created this AI-based seeing app uh, to help the blind. And what... Uh, the idea of it is something like what we were talking about a little earlier, which is you can you can take this app and then you can point point it at a person, and this thing will kind of tell you this is a male of age, whatever, who's got a certain demeanor. We'll we'll link you to the article and the video. And it's not AR in the pure sense, but what it does is it gives you the ability to read what's in the real world and understand. It gives the computer the ability to understand it. So it's a, it's a little bit more AI mm-hmm. and machine learning based thing. But if you extrapolate it further, now if it knows how it how the machine, how your phone or the application itself interacts with the real world as a whole, and it looks at things and understands how things are, understands that you know there's a couch there, there's a person here, there's something else here, there are these things then you can you can presumably then just tell it hey put these extra things in these extra places and so if you if you kind of reverse engineer it a little bit it can look at this table and say now i know i see this table i know it's this far from the ground and i know there are these things around it and i know there's four things kept on the table i have spaces in these three other spots that i can just put this one whatever element or something else and you know augment it in that way for the rest of the world yeah i think this article is just one of the great examples of how this technology can be used for good. Um, And in this scenario, maybe they're trying to say, oh, it could be used to help people that have vision uh, impairment issues. But like a lot of things that come out of accessibility are helping people have more access. Uh, It can kind of help the rest of us as well. So it's going to be great. I mean, like the more stories I read about just, you know, people that are not as mobile being able to do you know, travel or experience new things, or in this case, can't see as well. And uh, it opens up just like new possibilities for for everyone, I think, to get around and, and experience more. Yeah. Well, with that, let's let's move into our keynote for today, <laughs> which is Apple's AR kit. Um, so, you know, they announced it at their keynote. And ever since they announced it, uh, the there's been a flurry of movement. Uh, they they because you know again 
we, we talked earlier about barrier to entry. Uh, we, we said Snapchat didn't have an API. Facebook actually has a closed invite-only access to their platform for developers, whereas Apple's ARKit, uh, the barrier to entry is even lower because if you're a developer who's doing iOS stuff anyway, um, or if you have applications that you're building and you have a dev account, you immediately have access to the uh, beta version of the new operating system and you have access to ARKit. So there have been all these people building all kinds of experiences showing you know, what the implications are of having you know, ARKit enabled on your phone. You know, first, first and foremost, I think we, we need to uh, mention that, you know, and this was, I think we talked about this in the last episode as well, which is number of people, like the, the huge number of people who are just going to immediately get access to this is just going to be phenomenal. Like you're talking about all iPhone users, just with the OS update, they're going to have access to ARKit, which means all these applications you build, uh, these developers are building right now and putting together, they can iron it out, and by the time it drops, you're going to have a bunch of apps in the App Store, I bet, mm-hmm. that are ARKit-enabled. Yeah, and I mean, as we mentioned, you know, there's all those other companies that were first to market, in a sense, with features like this, Snapchat again, and uh, HoloLens already has AR out there. Um, but Apple's still in the show right now. Uh, there's this website called Made with ARKit, which is a great site to kind of get an example of what developers are doing with the dev kits already um i guess just for some examples like i, I remember like i don't know a couple weeks back somebody had basically created a fictitious measuring tool so they had a ruler uh in real life and then they used their phone to kind of put a ping pong ball and then measure the distance from like one side of the ruler to the other side and it was almost identical to what the ruler had shown and then like a couple hours later the guy does like or the developer guy or girl uploaded a new video where they actually changed those ping pong uh, balls with the like a white line between them and then created a virtual uh, ruler that was next to the real life ruler so it was like it was like step one was you know mvp was just show two dots in this the lines between the you know the space and then the ne- next one was like let's put an actual model of a ruler you know that that was like one kind of neat example um, a couple weeks later i see somebody like standing in their kitchen and just measuring, like, the square footage of their kitchen. And, like, their kitchen was, like, the most odd-shaped kitchen I'd ever seen <laughs> in my life. Like, it literally had so many, like, right angles. It wasn't just a square. It was, like, a, so many shapes. So they're just moving their, you know, they're just standing there in the center and then just going from one corner, move their phone to the next corner, move their phone to the next corner. And this isn't something that, like, they were trying to be super exact with and they had to move the phone really slow. It seemed, like, just very fluid that they could just move their phone and and within about, I don't know, 15 seconds, like get this crazy perimeter, understand the square footage. But in theory, you know, you could just like email that to Home Depot to get an estimate on like replacing your floor. Funny you should mention Home Depot. Uh, we mentioned a few episodes ago about some of the stuff they're experimenting with uh, with AR. We talked about Google Tango uh, trying to do some AR-based, um, you know, uh, like going into a store and being able to tell where certain things are. Uh, just using the Tango uh, and in an augment AR with AR, basically show you directions to exactly where something is in a store. Um, to to your point, with being able to use this technology to get estimates and stuff, think of you wanting to replace your carpet with wooden floors, right? And you just go with this app, like you measure it around, and then you know you you overlay whatever color you know wooden 
you know, boards. And not only that, now, because you have the exact measurements, it's actually going to tell you actual cost of uh, getting them or whatever it is. And you can actually immediately know without having to go and do all this legwork and like Google stuff up and search things. It's going to basically integrate in and then it'll you can just say, I like this color. This color looks good on it. I want to get an estimate, hit a button. Immediately it pops up saying for these number of this, this space, the, it'll, we recommend these number of boards in this kind of configuration if you want vertical, horizontal, whatever. And we and based on these angles and all these stuff, these are the number of boards you're going to need. You can get it here and we can order it, keep it ready for you. You can immediately go pick it up or they can send someone over and bring it over. So the idea of replacing your carpet with uh, hardwood floors or something like that becomes so much easier now. Now it's not like a prolonged research-based thing. Everything just kind of happens with this one application. Yeah, and I mean, imagine you just hold your phone up, you know, and you can see exactly what it'll look like in your living room. There, it, it's You don't have to do too much imagination. Where no, Right now, I bet if I go to, like, one of the websites, you know, I have to see some other model home with those, you know, wood floors. It's just, like, end-to-end. Like, this kind of unlocks a bunch of, um, you know, really useful uh, abilities. And I think that was like one area that I did, did want to bring up is like the user experience in general. Um, when you do watch a lot of these demos that are out there right now, you're usually just seeing the video that somebody recorded through their phone of the AR experience. But what you're normally not seeing is kind of the person standing there like waving their phone around and like interacting with the real world. And that, that is just like one area that I know once this evolves beyond developers, like we're going to have to do a lot to figure out what the user experience is because I, you know, depending on what it is, I don't know if people are going to be waving their phone around a lot. Cause like, I don't know if you've ever tried, but if you move your phone and then you're trying to look at your phone, I mean, some people get dizzy. Some people are going to fall over. Like somebody might walk into traffic. Like it kind of depends on, you know, there's going to, I have this fear that some people are going to get injured if they're not careful. Yeah, I mean, there's people right now that, that walk into fountains texting on their phone, right? So think that's basically going to be an experience, but we're going to be enhancing it more, I think, with these AR abilities. Yeah, but you know? the nice thing will be once you have ARKit enabled and you go through this, you can now tell, you know, when you're walking through, you're, you're, it's an overlay on top of the real world. And mm-hmm. so you're, you're going to basically be able to see your environment. Mm-hmm. And so you, even if it's a, you're not focusing on it entirely, you know when like the stoplight's turning, you know when there's like a fountain, you know when there's something in your way. So wait, that, that's one thing I want to disagree with just a little bit if I can. Because um, using the HoloLens though, I, I did feel like, yeah, I could see the real world around me, but the, maybe it's because of where you're focusing, like it's not as noticeable. And I think there's maybe just some getting used to, right? You know, it's like if I'm in, if you're using this every day, maybe sure you can figure out how to like pay attention to your surroundings. But you know, there's a broad spectrum of people. I mean, I think your point is completely valid. I, I don't, you know, I, I agree with you. I, I'm just, you know, it's, it's possible that it helps, but you're, you're very right. It's very possible that because of more, I guess, Either So let's say in, in the case of using an app that overlays on top, you know, it's an augmented reality uh, overlay where it shows this different area or it basically overlays where it changes how your uh, environment looks entirely or something like that. Then you're going to pay attention to that a lot more than you are like the the hole, the pothole that's right in front of you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because this this 
AR um, overlay is so realistic that it makes you seem like makes it seem like the road is actually real. You know, if, if there are things in the AR world that make you either jump up or make you avoid it. So think of it as like this little monster or like, you know, or like a tree or something in AR that you're you're seeing it and it's realistic. And so you're trying to go around it or whatever. Then imagine the flip for things that are in the real world that you actually want to avoid that are obscured by these AR things. Right. So that's that like to your point, I think they're what we need to do or what developers need to do in general. I think we'll have to be to find a way to keep an eye out for that and say, OK, well, here are some dangers or of some kind and mark it in a way where it's visible, where so that people are aware. Hey, maybe maybe that's an app idea right there is just like you have pop ups that tell you on a browser whether you're hitting a site that's it unsecure and you might be jeopardizing your data. <laughs> maybe we have some sort of side-loaded app that can be integrated that allows to help us be safe from ourselves, <laughs> if that makes sense. So like you said, the pothole, like maybe, like, you know, I'm using an app to, yeah, have a dinosaur fight your dinosaur and we're sitting there, you know, walking down the street and then we're both looking at our phones and then it's like some huge warning sign that we might hit a pothole in two feet. Oh, now one feet. Oh, now you're dead. Yeah, like, hopefully a pothole's not killing you. But Yeah, I know. I was going to say, like, what, what kind of killer pothole are you imagining there, Kirk? Yeah. Well, in AR, there could be spikes and fire coming out of it. Maybe that, I mean, you know, these are the things. Maybe it needs to be more than just, like, a warning sign, too, right? It's like your phone zaps you with electricity, plus there's a loud siren, and, there, you know, you show it as fire and death and brimstone. I don't know. Fire and death and brimstone, yeah. What I really, I guess, wonder about is once ARKit is out there and it starts making, you know, bringing all these things to life, how much are these other platforms that we talked about going to make it? You know, what is what is our, what is our evolution from there? Obviously, I would imagine that if Apple is able to uh, get this right and you go through this experience and now you have ARKit, it's working well, it's, it's, it's a year out and we've had all these great experiences, I would imagine that what Apple would have to do next is create a standalone headset that tethers to your phone mm-hmm. via Bluetooth or something uh, and think of it something along the lines of uh, like the CarPlay uh, that they have right now, right? So the cars that are enabled with CarPlay, which is Apple's platform, basically kind of their OS, uh, I guess, variation for when you plug your phone into CarPlay-enabled cars and you can just see your see maps and see a few applications that are, uh, that are, you know, that your cars, that that operating system is going to be able to play with. So like your music app, you know, this, that, whatever, that shows up on the car screen. Similarly, if it's an AR-based app, then you just put like an Apple Watch, you put this AR headset on that's tethered via Bluetooth. It just has to be a nice screen on it. And then, you know, you just have your phone in your pocket. And then that thing is just basically using your phone to overlay all these images. And then you could just, you now don't have to have your phone up. But the one thing I was, uh, I did want to go into mention real quick that I was thinking about uh, was, and I wanted to ask you was, do you feel so now, uh, you know, we talked about waving your phone around and doing things like that. But imagine now that you have ARKit enabled experiences and, you know, someone's got headphones on and they're like walking around with their phone and they're pointing it at the real world because they see an overlay. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, with Google Glass, with any of these other things, there's a red flashing button or something that says you're recording. With with ARKit, it's an iPhone that people are just overlaying. So someone could be pointing 
their phone, like let's say you're commuting, right? Let's say you're on a bus or a train or something. Someone right in front of you could be pointing their phone right at you and you will have no idea if they're watching an AR experiences, <laughs> uh, AR experience of some kind, or if they're literally just being a creeper and recording yep. you straight up. Like, I don't know how that's gonna work out or how that, how we could solve that, but it, it's, it, it's a problem for people with families, with kids and stuff. I, I'm gonna be very aware uh, when I'm out with my daughter, if like somebody is like pointing their phone <laughs> and just kind of following, you know, maybe they're following their AR experience, but I don't know that, right? Like I'm gonna be like, hey man, like what are you, are you recording me? Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. you know, and then now you're gonna have all these people pointing their phones up mm-hmm. or uh, at things. And I, I kind of feel like it's actually gonna exasperate things more than before uh, in a way. So I, I, I don't know. I could see a lawsuit of some kind happening, a civil oh, suit easily. maybe, where uh-huh. someone like punches someone because they think they're recording them. Where, oh, yeah. I was but, thinking to myself, I'm like, punches will be thrown. <laughs> yeah. I already know that, right? Yeah, and, and so it's, I, you know, I, I'm curious. I, I, I want to see if we can, we can find someone to ask this question um, and see if we get any response back from someone who's, who may be thinking about this, who may not. Uh, if any of you have opinions on this or you... you you feel like it is a concern. It's not a concern. Maybe just uh, you know, ping us. Let let us know what you think, and we'll we'll try and you know try and debate this a little bit more. But but anyway, you know, the idea is like now we're gonna have all these questions open up uh, because of this uh, this new phenomenon. I and I I think uh, I've been uh, pretty clear from the beginning uh, where where there's there's this war between AR versus VR, mm-hmm. uh, and I think they're like I've said before. I think it's two separate platforms, two separate kind of technologies entirely. Uh, I think their use cases are different, but I I'm now pretty invigorated by AR because I see now what Cook was saying a little while ago, which is that you know, you, you still have more in the real space that you'd want to play with. So augmented reality is a better bet than having everything be virtual. And maybe virtual reality may be the ultimate goal, whereas augmented reality is the in-betweener. And it's something that will really enhance our ability as human beings to be better and function better at the things we do on a day-to-day basis, whereas VR is more of an experience that we, we see or we go through. Um, in in whatever paradigm that is, you know, whereas, you know, in, in AR, sitting there, and even if you have, like, the ocean overlay in front of you or something, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, you're not really going to feel that because you, you move your eyes up from your screen or whatever, and then you see the real world, whereas in VR, that's the, you know, there's there's some upside to obscuring everything around you where you just see whatever it is that they're trying to push through uh, the image that they want you to see in the VR space. So it's it's going to be fun to watch where this goes. I, I'm i trying to learn Swift right now, and uh, I'm, I'm hoping uh, to start playing with ARKit at some point. So, you know, I'll... I'll, I'll see what I can do uh, to, to make some fun stuff. But uh, I, I would encourage anyone out there who's got an Apple developer account to go and download the beta and try it out and see if you guys can build something out. And if you have any ideas or things that you want to try out, you know, and you need help, there's a huge community already building with for ARKit. So I think uh, I should leverage that. Yeah, I'd, I'd add to that. Um, you know, send us anything you're working on if you know if we think it's cool or if we can share we will uh, cross our 
you know, social media, et cetera. Um, but also check out AR JavaScript if you don't have Swift, if you're on Android. You know, basically, we're going to have a list of all of the dev access to all these different tools or the news behind it all. So check out the long list and hopefully, you know, play around with it if you have the ability to or just, like, uh, you know, read what features are coming out. Maybe you can just, like, do a brainstorm exercise of what you could build if you you know, found a developer out there and, and uh, wanted to kick off a project. It'd be neat to hear what you're thinking about. Yeah, I, I think that's that's the only way we're going to be able to iron out these issues and work through some of these uh, some more is if we really uh, encourage more people to get on it and try it out. So, yeah, uh, anyone who wants to try any of this stuff out, man, more power to you and, you know, keep us poster. We're super excited about it, as you can tell. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be some fun stuff. All right. So I think it's been a pretty long episode and we should wrap it up. Okay. Sounds good. This is the current podcast. And again, we have Twitter at CVRNT. You can get to our website at CVRNT.com and Instagram and Facebook at CVRNT podcast. Don't forget our Patreon. If you love us, show us more love. It'd be great. We need your support. But any feedback in general, you know, we'd love to hear it too. And uh, just get a hold of us anyway. And hopefully we can answer questions or, you know, if you have feedback again on show ideas, we'd love to hear it. Yep. And with that, this is Rags. And this is Kirk. See you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye.